There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows that used to be on the Sci-Fi channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode two of season four of The Expanse. Oh my God. Yeah. I love this. And I don't know if it's because they moved, it seems more gritty, or if it's just everything else we've watched hasn't had this much grit. I'm not sure how it is, but I am so happy it's back because I love it. Yes, absolutely. And as you guys know, like we said before, we don't get any ratings news because it's on streaming service. Oh, that kind of sucks. But it seems that there's been a lot of good good mojo happening over on IMDb for the show. So Yes, absolutely. All right, jump us into episode two, because there's so much to talk about. Yes, there is. All right, Jetsam. Avasalara is blindsided while on a visit to Mars. The Rossi crew continue their proto-molecule investigation while tensions between the RCE and Belters reach a tipping point. Drummer and Ashford track down a terrorist. Oh my gosh. This is crazy because there was just so much happening and we did get like a sprinkling of everybody, but it didn't feel like it was too little of anyone. Right. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Because we get a lot of the Rossi, we get a little bit of Drummer and Ashford and we get to see Bobby and Avasalara, so. Yes, so I'm glad we're getting to people and it's not just like, oh, we're just not going to talk about this anymore. So as the episode opens, the group on Illus recuperates from the swarm. Holden tells Alex to help the injured and check for protomolecule. And as Amos calls him, Murdy and Amos head off to investigate the Edward Israel's crash site. The metal projectiles sure could have been what brought down the ship. Hmm. Doesn't seem that that's what happened, though. No. Which was interesting. Yes, it was. So Holden, Naomi, and Dr. Okoye head out to investigate the protomolecule monument Avasalara showed them. Now, do we think that's a ship? That's a possibility. I had a very Prometheus feel, like I was thinking of a ship. But we don't know that yet. No, we have no clue what this thing is. No, because even all the way to the end of the episode, when we get our weird kind of reveal, there's nothing that indicates it is a ship. Right. Now, of course, it was a little curious that when they start heading out, you've got Holden and Dr. Okoye in the front seat and Naomi in the back. said, so that's odd. <laughs> well, we see... Amos and Murtry too, where Murtry's driving, so maybe it's just like Okoye's driving. Yeah, it could because be. it's like it's kind of weird too how they're doing that. I'm wondering how they got used to trying to drive that like with just the stick. Right. It's like a joystick. It was so weird. But yes. I'm just assuming Naomi just 
hopped in the back, like, yeah, okay, Holden, you're talking to her. Although there was some tension there, it seemed. Yeah, there was. Now, of course, when Murtry and Amos take a look at the crash site, they come to the conclusion, based on the scorching on the ship and the blasting cap, that someone blew up the landing pad and thereby crashed the Edward Israel. And I'm sorry, but Murtry is such a jerk because he's immediately like flying off the handle. Now, I, I understand he lost friends. Right. But what if it was like an inside job sabotage thing? Oh, absolutely. But he's just not buying anything. And Amos, of course, is like, eh, we'll figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amos was pretty calm, cool, and collected about the whole thing. Now, of course, when they get back, Murdy brings those suspicions forward to the Belters back at camp, and of course, they deny everything, and he gives them an ultimatum. You have until morning to get me the people who planted the bomb. Either they pay for this, or you all will. Uh, go. What? This is not going to end well. Oh, no. I'm like, there's like two of you that seems to have survived the crash. The yeah, Belters, three, at least. Well, the Belters are... <laughs> kind of outnumbering you maybe don't act like a total jackass yeah and they're the ones that saved you right and we don't know but it may have been mcmurtry that caused the metal swarm to come at him you know what i was starting to think like what if he's the one who's infected and it's like going badly and and somehow he's the one who screwed up and brought the ship down and brought the swarm and i don't know there's a lot of what ifs but I just don't like his attitude. No, not at all. It doesn't get any better. No, it just gets worse. Of course, Holden and the crew reach the monument, and Dr. Okoye's tech reveals it's approximately 1.5 billion years old. Damn. Yeah. Now, I thought it was interesting because she's like, that's older than any life on the planet. And that's when Holden has to interject. He's like, well, actually, a protomolecule will basically consume everything and use it for its own devices and so the doc kind of stops and is like oh so it may have had life here and then it was taken and then had to restart and she seemed pretty cool with that like oh all right now there's three biomes it's like what yeah <laughs> and then she had to explain that because i didn't know what that meant it's whatever made the protomolecule the local life forms and oh us and there's no way yeah. to tell how we'll mix yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. That makes me feel so much better because I'm sure Holden's like, oh, I haven't gone through enough shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need any more of this stuff. Right? I got enough of problems on my own. I don't need any more. <laughs> like, please don't add to this pile of crap. Yeah. Now we find out that there's one life form that's not mixing well with Illis's atmosphere and gravity, and that's Naomi. Which, that kind of frightened me with everything just, that happened. Yeah, she seems just fine with Holden that night, but when they get back to the Rossi, her condition becomes apparent. She and, was holding that together really well. Oh, yeah. Because once she's by herself, she vomits, stumbles, and barely manages to keep her balance until she can get to the med bay. Can I just say, okay, we get it, she got sick. I didn't need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've mentioned that before. Yes, several times. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessary. Yeah. Fortunately for her, Alex is the one who discovers her 
and she swears him to secrecy, insisting Holden has enough on his mind already. And it's well, interesting because it's not like her muscles and stuff. It's actually her heart. Right. So it's not her overall body. But I don't know if there's anything they can do. I mean, Alex didn't exactly say if there's something that helps strengthen the heart. Right. Yeah, she may just have to spend a lot of time on the Rossi. Oh, no. Yeah, that would not be good. Now, of course, later on that night, Proto Miller decides to make a visit to Holden and says he needs to go back to the structure because he needs Holden's hands. I loved how Holden jumps up and he's talking to Miller, like, quietly. And Naomi just wakes up and is like, what's he saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, this is totally cool. It's no big deal. Right. There's new openings in the structure, and as Holden says, figuring out the protomolecule stuff is why they came to Illis. Now, fortunately, Naomi is all ready to go with Holden and Alex, but Alex is able to basically convince her that she needs to stay behind because they need somebody to monitor them. He did it really cool, so I don't think he tipped his hat at all. No, I don't think so either. And, so. and you've seen the little kind of hand tap right that, they, that naomi and alex had like was, okay thanks it's like no i got you right of course alex and holden get to the site and sure enough there's a nice gaping hole there and holden descends into the structure now while this is going on <laughs> amos has been hanging out at the bar using bullets to buy shots and meets chandra Wee, one of mcmurtry's people Oh, yeah. She she just looked super happy to be there talking to him at all. Right. Of course, she snags his drink that he had just bought, which was good. And they go from bannering to bow chicka wow wow pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, hi, how are you? My name's Amos, by the way. That's what yeah. I felt like was happening. But they're interrupted by the sounds of belters talking to her Murtry. And when one of the belters makes a threat, Murtry pulls his gun and shoots the guy in the head. That, see, all right, I'm totally like, all right, that particular belter, by the way, a sci-fi alum. Right. Chris Holden Reed from yeah. Lost Girl and Dark Matter. Yep, awesome, yes. always bringing back sci-fi alums. But what he was saying, I know he was pissed because he's, oh, you're going to try to blame everybody. Maybe it was one of your people. And, of course, we get that Murtry is mad, and he's like, somebody's going to pay for it. And he's like, well, night's not over. That's, like, just shit talking. Right. That's just talking shit. And, and we, Belters talk a lot of shit. Yes. So I, I wouldn't have taken that as a threat. I'm well, when sorry. When he just turns, he's like, that sounds like a threat. And then, pop. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> just like Chandra said. Pretty much. <laughs> that was exactly what my reaction was. Because... I could not believe that he did that. And I'm just thinking, oh, God, you're going to be like head on a pike thing happening real soon because nope. nobody is going to really stand up for you. You're taking out belters because you got a freaking chip on your shoulder about who knows what. Right. And I feel like something's going to come out that like his somebody in his family is like a belter or some shit. And it's going to be just like he has an issue with with his background or something. Right. I don't know. I just do not like him. Oh, my God. He plays a great bad guy in yes, everything. He does. <laughs> Even when he's not the actual bad guy, he is 
playing a jackass well. Let's just put it that way. Right. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Because he irritates me so much. <laughs> yes. So meanwhile, Drummer and Ashford become aware of another attack on an Earther ship. As we see bodies floating and debris floating into the ring. This isn't good. I was thinking at first, because I didn't wasn't looking too close, like, oh, they're not letting ships through. People are just wearing suits trying to get through. Yeah. And I'm like, how are they going to get onto a planet? And then yeah. it, it dawned on me. It's like, oh, no, that's not what that is. Apparently, it was a UN ship that had just been hanging out for the last couple of months trying to get approval to go through. Now, of course, it wasn't scientists or anything. It was just people wanting to try to find another place to live. Now, of course, Drummer insists that there's no gain in what the Belters involved did, but Ashford disagrees, telling her it sends a message. It does. Yep. Not a good one. No. And, of course, the UNN sends more information about the attacker's ship to Drummer and Ashford, along with some thinly veiled threats. I thought it was interesting because Drummer's like, I think it was the end of the episode or earlier this one. I'm sorry. Maybe they know about it, but they're waiting to see if we're going to be honest and tell them. Right. And Ashford, I think, was kind of taken aback. Like, oh, well, crap. I guess. I guess. Yeah, we got to kind of own up because if we want to be these people that are taken seriously, we have to be the ones that are leading. But that UN operator, he was an ass. Like. On yeah. a whole other level. I need, I wanted to punch him in the face. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he says Medina Station continues to exist because of the goodwill of Earth and Mars. It would do the Belters well to remember that. Oh, stick it up your ass. <laughs> so you don't even know what the hell happened. They were there. Right. Now, of course, Ashford, being the slick trick he is, is able to identify the ship. And the captain, a belter well-known for his radical and dangerous ideas. Drummer wants to know what factions don't like this guy, and they're going to reach out to those factions and to Fred and Dawes to try to bring him in. Now, have we heard of Marco Inaros before, or is this somebody new? Because, like, the name didn't ring a bell. No, it didn't ring a bell with me either. And from the way Ashford described him as being a handsome and smooth talker and all that, no, I don't think we've met him before. Okay. So we head off to Mars and check on Bobby, who's not having a great time at her job or with anything else. Because when a former Marine is found with his neck snapped in a cargo hold, guess who happens to be the prime suspect? I thought that was some bullshit. It was some big time bullshit. And of course, the lady investigating was almost as big as ass as McMurtry. So at least everybody's got their assholes. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think you were going there. (laughs) (laughs) They do. It's like, what the hell? Everybody pretty much knows who the Rossi team is. Bobby. And Ashford and Drummer, because right. they were all the ones in the heart of the shit last season. And they're the ones that helped get us past everything. Right. They and kept the whole universe yes. from being destroyed. Yes. 
and they are the ones getting the biggest shit from everybody. And I'm right. sorry, Avasalara as well, although she pushes back. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, what the hell? Okay. So you think that she snapped somebody's neck, that she could probably snap your neck too pretty quick. Oh, yeah. She knows how to. Oh, my gosh. But you're like, oh, let me just start some more shit with her. Nice. Right. So, of course, Bobby realizes now that she's a dishonorably discharged civilian, the Martians will suspect her for anything that goes wrong. And, boy, I can't wait to see what happens next after the end of the episode. And, of course, we see Ava Solara, who's making her first journey to Mars and invites Bobby to dinner. And... Loved this that. is going to go well. Well, I loved it. It's like, okay, I'm not just like, oh, I'm forgetting everything you did. Yeah. But as Bobby's being questioned, you know, they pull up the invitation. Oh, you got big friends. It's like, yeah, so I feel like this probably isn't great, but I kind of liked the attitude going both ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the lady stops her and, oh, you've been flagged. And then one of Ava Solara's assistants comes in and goes, no, I've got her. Yeah. It's like, Okay, she's got a freaking invitation, and you're still yep. going to give attitude. Nice. Yep. And she ends up being at the end of the table with nobody willing to talk to her, especially the Martians that were there, until Ava Solara's husband sits down next to her, and he's the only one who will talk to her. He thanks her for saving his Christian. I kind of thought that was a total ass move, too. Not on his part. But everybody right. around her. Right. Oh, absolutely. Now, of course, the dinner ends and Bobby is heading back to her apartment when Ava Solara catches up with her. And Bobby blows a gasket, telling her, you were using me tonight playing some game I don't understand. And I totally got why Bobby was hurt with this. Oh, absolutely. And Ava Solara counters by saying she wanted to show Mars Bobby still had friends in high places, but Bobby insists all they saw was Earth calling its lapdog to hill. That had to hurt. But Ava Solara makes Bobby a job offer. And Bobby says, I don't need to be saved. Well, yeah, maybe you do. <laughs> maybe you just need to take a minute, Bobby, and realize people on Mars are going to be a total jackass for everything. Maybe you need to go where you know what's what. And if that's right. out to the ring, then go out to the ring. Absolutely, because her night doesn't get any better from there. Her nephew David is involved in some sketchy stuff. And so she follows him and finds him in a laboratory. What did you think was going to happen, kid? Right. You've got an ex-military auntie. Right. You better make sure she's asleep. Right. He's like, where are you going? It's late. I'm going out. Okay, that's going to just end well for you, I'm sure. Right. And <laughs> it gets worse because apparently his girlfriend is into drug running. Oh, my God. Did they really think they were going to be able to take out a Marine? You know, she says earlier, oh, yeah, he talks about you all the time. So you should know some stuff. Right. Yeah, she called her a war a hero. Right. But no, no, no. We're going to take you out. Okay, go ahead. I guess you're feeling froggy. Go ahead and jump. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a miracle she didn't kill all of them. Right? I really thought she was going to mess up the girlfriend. Even oh, more yeah. Than she did. Oh, yeah. And she basically tells him whatever he was doing for you, it's over. She 
beats him up and makes her point again. David's out for good. And next time, there won't be a next time. <laughs> Love that line. Right. And, I mean, they're all sitting there. And the kid, her nephew, is just like, wow, I, I didn't realize that she could do that. Uh, yeah. So maybe don't start stupid shit. Just really? Just throw that out. And he looked frightened, but obviously he should be more scared that she didn't just beat his ass, is what I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Wait till his parents find out about it. I'm really hoping that his parents know nothing about this. Right. I have a feeling that this is going to get Bobby more in trouble and... Yeah, it's going to be the thing that finally tips her into taking Ava Solara's job. Right. This will be the thing that gets out to the ring again. That's why it worries me. What if his parents know and his parents were in on this? Oh, yeah. That, ooh, and they're just going to be like, be you got to run, Bobby, or something. I don't know. Right. I know yeah. nothing. I'm watching episode by episode, but I'm just kind of throwing that out. That I would be super pissed if her brother knows what's what. Right. So we go back to Holden. And as it turns out, Proto Miller needs holding, not for some extravagant purpose, but to get a root out of the monument because it's clogging up the works. Oh my God, I love this. Because Holden's <laughs> like, you need me this early in the morning to be your gardener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. And I don't know about you, I was super surprised. Miller is actually using kind of normal conversation with him. Right. Because when the episode opens and you get this great visual, you hear Miller and he's just talking gibberish. Right. What the hell? <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. It's like, oh, oh, he's not just repeating. Okay. And I know there was something the closer you get to the ring, closer to the molecule, he's able right. to make more sense. But I'm more like, sense. wait, he is like yeah. making a lot of sense. I think we oh, should yeah. be worried. Yes. And Naomi also is worried as she makes a point about the last time he did something for Miller, he ended up in a coma. Right. And surprisingly, Miller actually answers. Like, right. coherently. He's like, yeah, I promise. No coma this time. It's like, wait. <laughs> it could be so much worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't think about that. But I'm like, he is answering you and making sense. Holden, you should be like, hold on a second. He's not just yeah. using, like, memories. And riddles that make no sense. Right. Because I like that Holden was saying, oh, yeah, if this works, great. It'll be nice to get your voice out of my head. And then we get Miller saying, oh, well, you think one voice is bad. Right. Have thousands. And then he explains it. And I was like, yeah, everybody on Eros that was engulfed by the protomolecule. And you just go, what? It's like, oh, shit. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Because, because Miller is inside of Holden's head. Right. So, whoa. Yes. I was like, <laughs> let's oh, not top. Crap. Yeah, let's not open that can of worms, Holden. Right, right. But when he, he's explaining, yeah, the girl or the, was it the grandmother singing her wedding song and right. the girl crying for her parents and all this. So I was like, oh, my God. He is totally, totally aware right now. Right. He's almost Miller. Yes. <laughs> So I was freaking what out. The <laughs> hell is going on here? Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I was freaking out, but there's more yeah. that happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I freaked out about more. more. <laughs> right, because Miller gets the root out and things start moving. Okay. And it's not good as all the openings are starting to close. They were moving slow, but 
as you see these doors closing, Alex is like, go, get your ass up here. Yeah, now. (laughs) And he gets almost to where Alex can reach him and he slips. You go, oh shit, come on, Holden, get your ass out of there. And Alex's hat falls off. Went right on his face, Holden. which I thought was yeah. funny. Yeah. But Alex manages to get him out just in the nick of time. And as they're laying there on the ground, all of a sudden a rumble and lightning starts striking everywhere. And then I'm thinking, is this some kind of, like, I want to say envirosphere, which doesn't make sense. But, you know, like, to terraform everything. Right. And if that's the case... Maybe you messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, Alex thinks the same as I do. Yeah. What the hell did you do? <laughs> and it's safe to say Holden has absolutely no clue. <laughs> no, that's true. And Miller isn't there to tell him, oh, hey. No. It worked out well. No, nothing. Yeah. Or maybe you need to run your ass back to the Rossi, get everybody on. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there was so many times though, because like as the door is closing, I'm like, oh my god, they're not yeah, going to kill him off, right? He's the main character. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but do not pull trust. the magicians on I us. I know, that's why I'm like, I do not trust this. Oh my gosh. So yeah, there was a lot of just awesome stuff happening. A lot of tense moments and a little yeah. bit of joking. Yeah. Yes, just a little bit. But I want to say, I am impressed that you have so many people doing the belter accent. Right. I don't know how hard that's got to be. That takes some work. Yeah. Because I'm listening and I want, I couldn't do it. No. <laughs> it's almost like you're holding your tongue back. I don't know. I can't explain my thought process with like how they do it. I'm just impressed. Yes. So I understand we have some feedback. Oh, yes, we do. Our friend Fred from the Netherlands has once again provided us some feedback so let's take a listen hello steve and sean this is fred from the netherlands with some feedback for the expound season four episode two i just quickly looked at the imdb scores without spoiling very high everything 9.1 or higher two episodes 9.2 one 9.4 and one 9.6 it took me a while to recognize Chris Holden Reed as Scoop, one of the belters who was in sick bay with Alex and the other medical uh, person. Actually, one of my favorite Canadian actors. That's what you get when you film in Toronto. It is a pity that he didn't last very long. What a a hole this Murtry. And the series really succeeds in getting me angry how these Martians and Earthers treat the belters. And, of course, we all wonder if Bobby turns around and will work for Avazarela. And that will be the way she can connect to Holden and its team. Of course, the book readers know this, but I'm not one. So, I'm very curious if that will happen. I think especially the women in the series at this moment have it difficult. Naomi, of course, with the gravity there on the planet... Bobby dealing with her new life on Mars and not getting recognition there and having a nephew with problems and Avazarela has her own problems. Funniest moment of the episode, Amos having sex and then something outside happens and the woman says, bomb. Yeah, that's what they just did. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Yeah, Fred, it was a shame. Uh, Chris Holden Reed. Didn't make it out of the episode, but sometimes that happens. I'm glad he was in it, though. Yes. 
And I thank you by listening to the our thoughts on the episode. You know that we agree that a Mertry is an a-hole. Yeah, I'm just going to say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the inners so far, yeah, same attitude. A very uh, interesting idea that all the women are having a tough time. Yeah, Naomi's having gravity issues and Bobby's been being treated like dirt. So, and you, we know how Avasalara didn't like space. So having to go all the way to Mars was not something, you know, I'm sure her husband got an earful of uh, <laughs> her uh, enjoying space flight. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm going to say Amos' sex scene was amusing. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. So once again, Fred, we appreciate your feedback and looking forward to your next one. Thanks, Fred. Well, you know how we feel. You know how Fred feels. Now, what do you guys feel? Let us know. Shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Or you can go to www.fangirlzone.com and go to the contacts page. And there's a whole slew of ways you can get a hold of us. Let us know your thoughts on the show, the episode, the season, if you watch the whole thing, the books, how they compare. We want to hear all of it. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends about the show because they can totally binge watch four seasons now. And then yes, you can, can tell them to read the ginormous books. And then they can let us know how the books are, because I still haven't read them. And we, of course, hope you're enjoying the podcast. And as always, for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. And respectfully, if you married Christian, you're a hell of a lot braver than I ever was. And until next time. <laughs>